everybody and welcome to Threads of the Sun. My name's Yosha Layton and I am your host. Here we share stories and conversations focused on healing, transformation and self-empowerment. I'm passionate about unraveling from our conditioning, strengthening our connection to our intuition and cultivating the courage to live a life led with our heart. A life more authentically connected to our true essence, to nature and to each other. I hope you enjoy. Hello everybody, welcome to episode number seven. We are now in September. (laughs) So yeah, here in Melbourne we're moving into spring, which feels so damn good. Um, we're getting those like warmer, really breezy spring days and, um, yeah, the air is definitely changing into a warmer climate. It's not so crisp and chilling down to the bone anymore. I can go for my morning walks, um, not wearing a thousand layers, which is really nice. Um, and yeah, spring is just very, very welcome after a long and cold and pretty hard winter considering the Melbourne lockdown and all of that. And for those of you in the Northern Hemisphere, you're transitioning into autumn or fall, as you like to call it up there, which is such a beautiful time as well. I hope that, um, yeah, you're feeling ready to wind down a little bit and nestle in for some yummy, softer, gentler, cocoony (laughs) times ahead. So today... I've got a very, very, very lovely episode for you. Um, This month we were joined by a beautiful woman named Caitlin Covington. She is a clinical herbalist, energy worker, and founder of Floristone Apothecary. So I think Caitlin does such incredible work in the world, truly. She's been working in the realm of plants, herbal medicine, holistic health, intuitive energy work, and ceremony for over a decade. Her clinical practice, um, based in Melbourne, focuses on using herbal medicine, flower essences, and ceremony as a gateway for healing and transformation. So her work combines the intuitive with the scientific, yes, to achieve healing at a core root level. She also works in the realms of menstruation, pregnancy, hormonal balancing, detoxification, digestive issues, so on and so forth. And yeah, it was such an honor to have her as a guest on the podcast. We speak about her incredible journey of how she came to be working in this field how she identifies as a clinical herbalist and how she specifically weaves the medicine and wisdom of plants and herbs into her work. We speak about flower essences and the innate powers of our intuition and how we can all uniquely access it. And we also hear Caitlin's herbal medicine perspective in the context of a global pandemic. So well worth a listen to the very end. Um, Yeah, lots to unpack. We had lots to talk about. I very much enjoyed having this chat with her and I hope you enjoy listening. Hi, Caitlin. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much for taking the time to join me today. I'm so excited to, to have you. Hi, thank you for having me. Happy to be here. Excited to chat with you. I just want to begin by saying I really believe in the work that you do in the world. And um, yeah, I think you do so many amazing and incredible things. You're a clinical herbalist. You're an energy worker. You hold new and full moon ceremonies. You teach workshops and you also hold um, one-on-one intuitive healing sessions, which is actually how we connected. I came in for a beautiful healing session with you. Um, But I just wanted to begin, yeah, can you just share a little bit about yourself um, and just give us a little backstory of sort of your upbringing and the journey of how you got to where you are? Sure. Yeah, thank you for that lovely invitation and those kind words about my work. I really appreciate that. Yeah. 
Yeah, thank you. So I um, was born in Chicago, Illinois, in the US. Um, so I grew up there and um, grew up in the city and in the suburbs, kind of bouncing around a bit. And um, my parents always took us out um, into the countryside. We had like a little cabin. So I um, always felt quite connected to nature from a young age. And mm. um, I was also largely raised by my maternal grandparents and they were immigrants from Europe and had brought a lot of their um, traditions of growing food and herbs and um, had a really large suburban backyard that we had kind of a little orchard with apple trees and plum and cherry mm -hmm. trees and um, peach trees and grew food and herbs and things like that. So that was really kind of my gateway um, as a young person into uh, plants. Mm, beautiful. And then moving on from there, I know you um, you studied in, in California a little bit and yeah, now obviously you're living in Melbourne. So what was kind of your journey from, I guess, after you finished high school and kind of up until where you are now? Yeah, so it's been a, a long winding journey. And I think often um, this is really all I've done in my adult life. I wasn't like doing marketing before and like got bored and jumped on the, the, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. the, the, the trend of healing. Like I, I really <laughs> feel like I was kind of just like gobsmacked and the, the work and the path um, kind of chose me and, and unfolded in a very... Um, serendipitous way um so yeah I I remember being probably like 17 last year of high school and you know trying to make some big decisions about like what I wanted to do and I remember thinking like like herbalist like I was like is that a mm. thing an option so it it had come to me but I was like I don't understand like what that even means and my like my grandmother had used plants and you know had done um you know some kind of you know traditional remedies that she had grown up mm -hmm. with so I had yeah. kind of a bit of that connection but my mother was a doctor so that was definitely um more intellectually praised in my family I'd say the right kind of western medical mindset um but yeah, I moved to Santa Fe, New Mexico when I was 18 um, by myself. I got a scholarship for um, a school and um, yeah, I, I was blessed to be able to study lots of different things, um, eco-psychology, philosophy, different things that um, kind of got me thinking about health, um, human nature interactions in kind of a bigger way and as I was starting those studies um, the community in Santa Fe is like a beautiful kind of melting pot integration of um, active um, Native American what we'd call Pueblos um, so you know active ceremonies and mm. a real kind of active um, lineage of herbal medicine and natural healing coming from those communities and then a melting pot of kind of Spanish influence Mexican influence um, so yeah, I moved to that community and immediately began kind of on the weekend, like going, hang out at the herb shop and, um, diving into natural medicine books and going to, um, you know, different talks and one-off classes that were happening. And now I look back and I'm like, holy mm. crap. I was just like trial by fire. Like some of the people that I met, enormously um powerful healers and mm. um yeah yeah so now I look back I'm like wow that was crazy um I, I do you know about the 13 indigenous grandmothers no I don't no tell us a so bit about that it's like a beautiful council of um 13 indigenous grandmothers from all over the world and um they have come together um I think probably in last 15 years or so and speaking up about environmental social justice things like that mm. um beautiful um kind of collective of of women and um, one of the women flora de mayo she lives in new mexico so when i was 18 i um went to a talk that she was giving and sat with her and um 
Yeah. So I, I feel like as soon as I kind of wow. jumped on path, some pretty big um, people were brought into my life. So yeah, it's been long. And mm. yeah. Sounds like such an incredible journey. Um, yeah. And just sort of like, I guess, serendipitous or synchronistic, like, was it always something that you knew as a child? Like you kind of mentioned in the beginning, oh, like you have an interest in this, but it was something that you were not really even sure what it was. Like, what was that feeling inside you that was sort of, I guess, curious about, about it? What was it about plants and herbs and, and this kind of realm of, of medicine that, that drew you in? Mm, that's a really good question. I think in a lot of ways, it felt like a truth. Like it felt like a real pure mm. current of truth in my life. And, um, you know, I think growing up and being an Aquarius and, you know, thinking about bigger questions and things with the world and um, feeling maybe let down, you know, in certain ways by Western medicine and, and then maybe kind of outright lied to and indoctrinated when I realized, oh, yeah. there's, there's many other realms of medicine and, and healing that um, are very effective. And um, yeah, so I think, you know, I was a quite sensitive child and I, um, now I understand like, oh, I've always been able to like feel energy and sense things like that. Um, even though I totally did not have a language for it at the time. Um, but yeah, I really feel like my grandmothers were a big influence. You know, my, um, my business, I call it Flora Stone Apothecary and really to honor like the flowers and the stones and all these beautiful um, healing things that come from this earth. And my maternal grandmother, you know, the flora really comes from her. It's um, working with the plants in the yard as a child. That really influenced me. And then my paternal grandmother, um, she loved stones and rocks and crystals. And um, we would go and try and like steal huge rocks, like decorative rocks from people's mm. front yards, like in <laughs> suburban Chicago. So she was like a little kind of... Um, a little cheeky and like would take us with our wagon and be like, let's take it. They're beautiful. So mm -hmm. I think, yeah, I, I, in a lot of ways, like I, you know, I say like not all of this has been a choice. Um, it's, it's not all like rainbows and butterflies. Like I've seen mm -hmm. some dark shit and um, you know, it's, it's hard to sit in these spaces of really, real open raw vulnerable healing with people and then it also you know it forces me to continually engage with my own body my own life my own healing journey in that way to um really be able to show up and be um present with my clients so mm. um, yeah so it's it's very challenging at times um but i think my initial exposure, um, 18, 19, 20, to a lot of um, more traditional healers when I lived in Santa Fe, I think that really was like a grounding, rooting factor in how my work has transitioned um, today to really be like a really pure offering from my heart. I'm not, mm. um, you know, I pull from lots of knowledge and different lineages, but I'm not, you know, advertising myself as one thing. I'm just showing up as Caitlin and I've got my own toolbox and I just do the best that I can with offering that to folks. Mm, that's such a beautiful way to put it and such a, such a beautiful and honorable way to show up in the world too. Cause yeah, definitely in Western culture, it's like, so what do you do for work? And we're so conditioned to just, you know, have this, this one liner or this one spiel about like, or one label about who we are and what we do. And, and yeah, we are so much more than that. So mm. yeah, definitely. I feel like the work that you do is, um, it's not, it's not work or a job to be, to be taken lightheartedly. Um, it is, like you say, very much a connection to truth. It's very much, obviously, yeah, connection to nature and and the truth can sometimes be hard. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, and I love what you said earlier just around like, yeah, you really, you know, you work for the plants. It's not like, Hey, I want to go do this. It's you. I think you said it on the phone the other day around like, yeah, you're an employee. You're employed by the plants. I think that's really beautiful. Yeah. That's, um, yeah, that's really how I feel in my heart. I feel like I've been assigned to this, you know, it's just like, Mm -hmm. hello, I'm Caitlin. I'm a herbalist and I work for the plants and it's my job to, um, yeah, connect people with the plants that they need for healing and, um, kind of hopefully light a little fire in other people's hearts to, um, inquire deeper kind of onto this path for themselves. Mm. Oh, it just gives me the tingles. It gets me so excited. (laughs) I think, I think it's such incredible work. Um, yeah. So I'm curious, like you did mention earlier, um, you know, before you sort of ventured on this path quite committedly, you know, before you went and studied and kind of moved to New Mexico and got immersed in that kind of Native American um, way of working with the land and ceremony and all that sort of thing. You know, you you had this little fire in you and you were kind of curious about about it, but you were like, I don't even understand what being a herbalist kind of entails. Um, obviously, you've been yeah working in that field now for over a decade. So yeah, from your perspective now, like for me, I'm like, what does a herbalist even entail? And for everybody listening who's maybe like, what does that entail? Like how, yeah, how does it look like for you? Or how does it show up for you? Yeah, so, you know, it's in some ways, it's kind of like being an artist. It's like, how do you use your paints? You know, like, how do you use your medium? Yeah. It really can be so um, unique to the individual person. Um, I, I went and got training as a, to be a clinical herbalist or um, a medical herbalist because I knew um, after living in New Mexico and in Oregon, I worked on a herb farm and I was doing lots of wild crafting and spending lots of time um, with the plants and growing plants and things like that, medicine making. But I wanted to really be able to get that clinical training to work with people one-on-one as um, an alternative healthcare option. So I, my work combines, you know, the kind of energetic, more ceremonial, spiritual work with some people. And then with other people, it's very, um, you know, bodily scientific based. They don't have a menstrual cycle and they want to get it back or they have digestive issues or they have migraines, things like that. So um, Mm -hmm. I kind of meet people where where they are you know some people they're Mm -hmm. like don't even talk to me about my spirit I don't want to hear about it and other people um are more attuned to that and I find a lot of my clients a lot of people that are attracted to work with me they usually don't just want um a surface level interaction from a practitioner they've maybe already had that from some other people and they often come to me because they're kind of craving something more they're looking for more insight Um, And I also am really big on um, teaching and educating people. I I love to teach and I do a lot of teaching as well with my clients. I'm not just interested in people coming to see me and me giving you herbs, but not explaining things. I want you to leave the session and know more about your body. And um, I send people lots of resources. Um, You know, it's it's really my hope that, um, yeah, people kind of, take this as their own little line of inquiry. How can I learn more about my body? Like, oh, Caitlin mentioned that plant. Let me learn about that. So Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so that's kind of how, yeah, how I work with it. What was the question? I can't even remember. (laughs) (laughs) No, you basically answered it. Yeah. Like, yeah. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. It was about how you specifically work with, with herbs and plants or for people Ah. like myself or for people listening who are kind of novices to herbal medicine, like what, does the job or yeah the job of a herbalist sort of entail yeah so in the most basic sense it's using um plants as medicine in the body so roots leaves flowers um bark um using um plants from the natural world and um 
using them in the body to heal different issues. So that's kind of, you know, the basis of herbal medicine. And there's kind of all different levels of, um, you know, herbal medicine. So I teach some classes and, you know, I'm really just trying to teach people some basic skills so that they can like grow plants in their backyard and feel confident to like treat a cold and a flu with their family. So that kind of, um, you know, home kitchen herbalist Mm. um, is kind of one level. And then, um, you know, for working with clients, for working with the body, um, you really want to have like clinical training where you've been um, kind of like a doctor, you've done residency, you've been kind of overseen by like a master herbalist and they've kind of worked with you in a clinic setting um, as you've been working with people's bodies. So yeah, so those are kind of the two two different paths. In Melbourne, um, you know, there's a big community of naturopaths and um, they're herbalists as well. Um, my training is a little bit different from that training. Um, but yeah, there's, there's a lot of different flavors to herbal medicine. So yeah. it's, and it's very dependent on, um, the specific practitioner. So yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. I feel like with you specifically and with your gifts around kind of energy and sort of doing a little bit more of this intuitive kind of work. I think it's really beautiful how you, you do blend and the kind of the scientific with the intuitive and how they kind of intersect and how this can show up. Um, mm. Cause I think this is something that's um, yeah, really important to strengthen and re- reconnect um, our relationship to it in this kind of Western culture. And I kind of see it also as this kind of blend of, of the masculine and the feminine, you know, if you see the masculine as this more scientific approach and then the feminine is this more intuitive approach and how can we blend the two together and in a way that's really um, healing at a core level. Um, Yeah. So I'd be curious to kind of dive into maybe some more about your gifts around energy kind of work and your relationship to your intuition. Cause I know for me, like I, I love the concept and the idea um, of, of intuition. And I get um, a lot of questions about it actually um, from Mm. people who are like, Hey, how do I actually, what is our intuition? How do I strengthen my connection to it? Like, how do I know if it's giving me the right thing? Like, what is it? How do I connect to it? So I'd love Mm. to like hear from you about, um, what your relationship is to your intuition and how it shows up for you and how you've sort of strengthened your connection to it and how you sort of weave this into your work? Mm. Oh, that's a big question. That's such a good question. <laughs> I love these juicy questions. Yeah. Oh my really good. So, you know, I, I think it's probably firstly important to say that like everyone is intuitive, you know, we all have um, different skills and different kind of um, sensory perceptions that then translate into our own kind of toolbox of intuition. So I think that's important to say to everyone, like every single person listening to this has intuition. It's not like I'm magical and you're not, like everyone has it. Um, I think some people, you know, are all really unique. And for some people, they have more of a gift for long distance running. And um, other people have more of a gift for singing. And other people have more of a gift for um, sensing energy, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think it's also important to remember that, you know, we've been so conditioned to think of... Um, our intuition as like this flimsy, flippant, ridiculous um, aspect of being alive. And that's really disempowering. And it's also really not true. So, you know, from my perspective, like we all are animals and, you know, our innate biological senses, um, taste, touch, smell, sight, you know, they all have... Um, a deeper kind of intuitive communication that when we kind of clear the crap out of our um, mental space, out of our kind of energetic body, there's more clarity where you can receive um, deeper insights. So, Mm. you know, some people, um, you know, get 
smells and information. Some people have dreams. Um, so I think it's just about being open to kind of opening that door with yourself and really honoring what you're feeling. You know, some people get really strong, like punch feelings in the gut. Um, that's really a great thing to listen to. Other people get really strong flutters in the heart. Um, yeah. So my, you know, my like personal kind of gifts, um, I am born with two different colored eyes. I have um, heterochromia. So I was born with blue eyes and they changed. So I've got like one brown eye and one kind of greenish, bluish eye now. Um, so yeah, they're, they're really magical. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Yeah. It's just like, it's like marked on my face, like witch, like intense <laughs> woman, like wow. It's, yeah, it's a, it's a big, um, it's a big, you know, the eyes are like the window to the soul, you know, it's a big mm. like insight into people. Yeah. Um, and I think, I think that, you know, I can, I'm always been like a truth seeker. And I think, um, you know, when I was little, it's like, I could feel if people were lying, like I was like, something's coming out of their mouth, but it just feels like wrong. Like the, I think they're lying. So, you know, it's like kind of emerged, um, you know, slowly, but surely, um, over time. And, you know, in my early twenties, like some of the people that I met and was working with, um, like one time I was doing a class and one of the women was, um, a Reiki master in the class. And we had to like put our hands on a partner and, um, like send them a bit of love and like give them a massage. And, and the woman was probably in her 60s, this Reiki master. And like, she like whipped her head around and like looked at me and she was like, do you do energy work? And I was like, no, like, I was like, what's up? I'm like a 22 year old kid. Like I'm just taking class. Like, I don't know what you mean. And she was like, oh, like stuff is coming through you. And I was like, oh, okay. Like, I, oh, interesting. Mm, tell me more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, okay. Like, that's interesting. So yeah, like it's kind of, um, it's kind of just un unfolded and I, I wouldn't say like, oh, this is my um, particular gift. I'd say I have, um, yeah, lots of different intuitive gifts and it comes through differently with different clients. So mm -hmm. um, I don't work the same way with people. Like I don't work in, I don't have like a structure of like, this is how I work and I place that onto every single person. Uh, that's not my vibe. There's too much air and water and more like, okay, I'm meeting you where you are and now we're kind of flowing with things. So um, sometimes I get information in dreams. Um, sometimes I get information as soon as I see someone, like I can kind of tap into their energy and feel that like running through my body. Um, other times, um, you know, an ancestor might come like different things like that. Um, I don't, I don't usually like talk about it too much because I think, <laughs> I think it's, it's very like precious to me, I guess, in a sense. Mm. Um, but I, I want to talk about it more because I think I don't talk about it because I almost feel like it's like a stigma, like, mm -hmm. uh, you know, like some people it's so triggering to yeah. kind of hear this kind of talk. Um, but yeah, I've had lots of, lots of interesting experiences as things have been, um, developing. I, I can have a bit of precognition sometimes. So like seeing things before they happen. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I definitely will not say that I can control that perfectly at this point. Yeah. Um, but as I age, it's like, as I age, things just fine tune themselves. It's not even something that I'm doing. It's just like committing to being open to it. And it just kind of has fine tuned itself over time, I guess. Mm. Yeah. Amazing. Well, I don't think it's weird at all. I'm so, so fascinated by it. And yeah, I, I would love to do like a whole podcast episode about it. I'm so interested in it. Um, and yeah, I loved what you said about like, just, connecting to our intuition, it kind of, it definitely comes through stronger. I feel when we do clear the clutter, I feel like that was a really nice way to kind of put it. And yeah, like you said, it is so unique to every single person. Um, 
and the way I really feel about it is like, yeah, no one can tell you how to connect to it. Like no one, no one can tell you what yours feels like or how it shows up for you. The only thing I would say is like you deep down, like, you know, (laughs) you know, it's like that. It's you, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm. Hey guys, it's just me. Um, just briefly interrupting this episode with Caitlin to share a little bit about an exciting new offering of mine I launched just last month. So if you haven't already heard me talk about it, um, I have created and am holding an ongoing online exclusive community for anyone who is ready to harness their inner wisdom and power. It's a place where I share monthly articles that I write, um, resources for growth, exclusive podcasts and videos, all focused on healing, transformation and self-empowerment. So it's a place to connect with my work a little bit deeper, receive monthly content from me. And as a bonus, you're also supporting the production of this podcast. It's super affordable at only $8 a month. You can opt in and opt out at any time you like. And by becoming a member, you gain access to the entire community and all of the content within it. So this episode that you're listening to right now is available to the general public, obviously. (laughs) But at the end of each episode, we record generally a 20 to 30 minute exclusive episode where we dive a little bit deeper into the wisdom and medicine of each guest to offer some more insight, guidance and support for my online community. So this month, I asked Caitlin her advice on some simple and practical steps on how we can begin to strengthen our connection to the land and start working more closely with the plants in our garden and the herbs in our kitchen. She also shares her secrets on her favorite plants, herbs and roots for deeply nourishing the immune system and the nervous system, um, very much needed in today's time. Uh, that most of us will have access to in our kitchen or local farmer's market. She also shares her recommended herbs to perhaps plant in your garden that are super easy growing and can start you on your journey of becoming a little home herbalist. How cute. (laughs) So that exclusive episode is now up and available for all of my Patreon members to listen to. And if you'd like to find out more, you can head to patreon.com forward slash Yosha Layton or you can find a link in the show notes below. So make sure you check that out at the end of this episode. And another little bonus, we're also doing an art giveaway on Patreon of one of Von Dove's incredible new art prints, Waters of Women, which will be drawn on the 30th of September. So Von was last month's podcast guest, and we spoke about art, creativity, and the power of ceremony and ritual. So for everyone supporting the podcast and part of the community on Patreon, you're automatically in the draw. And if you aren't and you'd like to be, you've got until the end of the month to join. All right. Thanks so much, guys. Let's get back to this beautiful conversation with Caitlin. I would love to speak to you about flower essences, so kind of moving on to a, a bit of a different topic here, but um, yeah, flower essences is something that's kind of just come into my field a little bit over the past few months. And I don't really know much about flower essences or kind of um, how they're extracted or what they can do for, for the body and the mind and mm-hmm. the spirit. Um, so I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit more about flower essences. Sure. So uh, yeah, I use flower essences a lot in, in my practice. Um, so there's lots of different kind of medicinal preparations of plants. Um, I use a lot of tincture in my practice as well, which is, um, like an alcohol extraction of plants. And that's very much kind of a, a physical, um, kind of medicine to treat specific conditions in the body. Um, flower essences are like a very, very low dose preparation of um, a flower in its most perfect bloom. So that's um, a little bit more of like an energetic kind of medicine 
for the body. So kind of working a bit more with the spirit, the emotional bodies, the aura, things like that. Um, the mm -hmm. way that like the origins of flower essences comes from um, a man, Dr. Bach, who um, basically just began in the English countryside taking flowers in their most kind of beautiful, perfect bloom. Like when you see a flower on like this perfect summer day and it's just in its kind of peak expression of like beauty it's really mm. in this peak expression of its essence and maybe four days later it would like wilt and look quite different and um, he began in that kind of peak beautiful bloom of the flower taking them and placing them in spring water in like a crystal bowl and in the sun so the thought is that the sun is kind of making like a sun tea infusing the water with the kind of vibrational signature um, or imprint of that plant into the water so it's a little bit in line with kind of um, homeopathic medicine as well which uses like low doses of um, substances to treat things so um, yeah so that's basically how we make flower essences and um, a lot of the you know that work that Dr. Bach originally did has really just grown and grown so like you can get um, you know, Dr. Bach kind of original um, remedies, um, but there's, you know, Australian bush flower essences, there's Alaskan flower essences, there's Greek flower essences, there's so many different um, essence companies now. So yeah, I, I love them. I find them to be, especially for really kind of stubborn emotional states that um, like people just kind of stubborn and refusing to grow and let go and shift things um, they can really shift things really quickly so um, yeah they're an interesting one to work with I think it's kind of like if you don't have the right one you probably won't feel much mm. um, but I've had some like really skeptical people that um, yeah the flower essences are just just the thing it's like they don't need that physical medicine they need more of that um, vibrational kind of energetic medicine Mm, so amazing. So like how, how does, like, what are the benefits kind of of when, when we take flower essences and like, how does it show up in the body? So all of the um, flower essences, like if you go on like a company's website, all of the flowers will have kind of different associations. So the Bach ones are the most famous because they have kind of the most, um, use and kind of um you know research you could say behind them mm -hmm. um some newer companies they're just sitting with the essence in their body and just meditating and feeling oh it's kind of warming my throat or um wow i had a really releasing cry things like that um but yeah it's really dependent on um the plant so each plant yeah. kind of has a different story that goes along with it yeah, it's, I think it's so fascinating and so beautiful. It's like taking, yeah, the epitome and the essence of this beautiful being and, and bringing it into your body and, and letting it kind of do its work and do its magic and, and to show kind of, yeah, share some medicine or show where you have some blockages or, yeah. Is that kind of, is that kind of, am I describing it in the right well, way? Very well said. Yeah, yeah, very well said. Yeah, it's, it's one of those things. It's like, you kind of just, it's like, if you're called to it, just like read up on some and see what resonates for you. If you're like, oh yeah, reading about, um, you know, borage flower essence and you're like, oh, I really need like courage for my heart. Like I'm really... Um, not feeling very courageous in my life. Um, mm. Borage flower essence, that could be a really good one for you. I think like all of humanity kind of needs that one right now. So that's just what, what pops to mind. Um, but yeah, they're just beautiful to read about. And, you know, they can have really specific indications that um, I think if it calls to you, um, yeah, they're great to just purchase it and see how you feel. Mm. a very safe medicine as well if you're on pharmaceutical drugs or you're pregnant because it's very low dose it's very diluted it's um, safe for children safe for the elderly very very safe mm. what was what was the flower you just mentioned before borage borage yes yeah, i've never heard of it barrage it's like um, a light blue looks like a kind of star flower you've probably seen it it's okay it's 
Yeah, you've probably seen it. And how come those are associated with courage? Like, what is it well, about that flower that is courageous? That is courageous. <laughs> well, it's not really like, it's not really like a specific, like physical kind of indication mm-hmm. with the flower essence. It's more, um, yeah, sitting with the plant and kind of meditating and feeling um, like the deeper intention of that plant. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So it's, it's kind of, I want to say the Latin name is, I can't remember it right now. Let me just look it up. Yeah, go for it. The the scientific names, like they often can kind of give us um, a little bit of an indication. Um, Yeah, so it's sometimes called star flower. Um, Yeah, some people use it like it really attracts the bees. It's sometimes used even for um, like depression. So it kind of... Yeah, it works with the body in an interesting way. But I I don't really use it in a physical sense in my practice. I just use it kind of in that flower essence form, um, yeah, to bring courage to the heart. And it's just a little bit of magic to say how it does that. I suppose there's not really like a clear-cut linear, like this is how it does it. Yeah, sometimes we can't like intellectualize it and verbalize it and communicate it. It's just the ways of the natural world. Completely. And, you know, plants are alive, obviously. So they all have um, their own kind of spirit and presence and, um, mm. you know, in- intention, really. So, um, yeah, yeah. So there's just so many different kind of layers to, to one plant. And we really see, um, yeah, like the spirit of the plant really come forward, usually in like a flower essence preparation. So, yeah. Mm, it's so beautiful. Yeah, I feel like um, maybe for some people listening to this, um, but yeah, also just society in general. I know there's obviously a lot of like skepticism around herbal medicine and, you know, flower essences. People are like, what's that? Like, get out of here kind of thing. And I can understand why people have that kind of perspective sometimes, you know, We're, we are so disconnected from the earth. We, you know, we've had generations now of being disconnected from kind of our ancestors with a lot of colonialism and moving around. And, you know, there hasn't been that innate connection to, to the earth. And yeah, I just know within myself, like I, it is this deeper intuitive knowing that even though I can't intellectualize or really understand what's going on there, I know in my bones that it is magic and it is, there is such a sacred connection there and there is medicine in the earth, like hundred percent. Yeah. And you know, we're, you know, most of us, I'd say probably most of the people that will listen to this probably grew up very indoctrinated to think of medicine as this specific linear thing where it's a expert doctor in a white coat you go to the office and they give you a white pill or whatever it is and like that's medicine and you know I see it I I work a lot with um, pregnancy and young mothers and things like that and I see it a lot with um, young mothers you know they're like Mm -hmm. oh I'm giving my baby Panadol like is that okay should I be doing that and I'm like well you know, Panadol can be hard on the liver. Like we, there's other options that I would be inclined to try first. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we're really just so indoctrinated to think of medicine in this one way. And, you know, even for some people really to fear plants, like every plant is poisonous and it's going to hurt you. And, you know, well, herbal medicine, yes, there's dangerous plants that can hurt you. You need to um, respect the medicine and, you know, study and take things seriously. Um, it's also very safe. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. very, very safe to, to begin, you know, growing a chamomile plant in your backyard. Like that's very safe. That's mm-hmm. totally okay. And that's great, great medicine. And, you know, the other thing, it's like Western medicine is so strong on a real physical level. And, you know, that's why it's really so beautiful and useful in so many ways. You know, if you have a broken leg, great, great. Go to the doctor for yeah. sure. Yeah. But it doesn't always acknowledge, um, yeah, other more complicated emotional states and, you know, these more kind of subtle things with the body and our bodies are 
very subtle, very sensitive. And, you know, I've talked to people that they've been on sleeping pills for years and years. They have not slept without taking a sleeping pill. And then it occurs to them one day, I feel like this is bad for my body. Like, do I want to be taking this forever? And this happens with a lot of my clients. Like one day they get this lightning bolt of intuition, of clarity, like, what the hell am I doing? Is this really, is this really helping me? And, you know, then they'll end up, you know, with me and they're like trying to get herbs to counteract that. And um, yeah, I've had lots of really beautiful stories of people thinking, you know, they'll never get off the sleeping pill. And then they try herbs and wow, I slept really great. And I didn't feel groggy in the morning or, you know, whatever it may be. So Mm -hmm. um, yeah, there's so many possibilities for healing and for what medicine is. And, you know, I think that's going to be different for everybody. And, you know, we live in such an amazing modern time where I think medicine could be so much more like globally for all of us. There's really, it could be so much more. Um, Yeah. There's still little funding into, you know, women's medicine, women's Mm. bodies. And there's just so much growth that, Um, I'm really committed to in this lifetime, helping that growth happen. Mm. Yeah. Oh, so beautiful, Caitlin. So beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah. Just to kind of, yeah, that kind of segues perfectly actually into this last kind of topic that I want to talk to you about. Um, It's kind of a big topic and potentially, yeah, I guess kind of like we're saying a bit, a bit controversial, but I'd love to like hear your perspective a little bit more on um, I guess the coronavirus and this whole pandemic, this global pandemic that we're seeing right now Um, and kind of talk a little bit more about, yeah, holistic health and, and how this um, I feel like, yeah, we're definitely seeing more of a rise in holistic health at the moment. And um I think it's, it's much needed in the world right now, but yeah, I'd love to hear like your perspective from, from a herbal medicine perspective in the context of a global pandemic, because Mm -hmm. yeah, I feel like you said for sure in Western culture, we have this kind of um, very narrow minded view of medicine and the way that we kind of approached or the way that we have kind of approached this pandemic is wear masks, you know, put hand sanitizer on, stay indoors. And these are all, I guess, very important things to, to kind of stop the spread. But, you know, I haven't really seen anything on, you know, how to boost the immune system and looking at it from a more holistic kind of lens and what's actually going on on a deeper level. Um, so, yeah, I'd love to, to hear your perspective on it from a, from a herbal medicine um, lens. Mm. I know it's quite a big, a big one to go into. Yeah, I'm, I'm delighted to share a bit on that. I think, you know, definitely what you said is really important. You know, we're not getting um, a public health governmental uh, narrative on, hey, folks, we're still figuring this out, what this virus is, um, but here are some ways to boost your immunity. Um, I... I'm American. I, I haven't really seen that as much in the, you know, American um, discourse of what's happening. I haven't really seen that as much in the Australian discourse of what's happening. And, you know, we have to understand that, like, when you look at, um, you know, the, the curriculum, the training focus for public health degrees and these officials, you know, they only have so many tools in their training. Mm. And, a lot of that training is um, indoctrinating them further to be afraid of alternative medicine, herbal medicine, you know, and it's, it's like, it's not really alternative. It's actually um, our original medicines. Yeah. It's quite um, rooted in the earth. <laughs> it is not alternative. Like in fact, like a white synthetic substance from a lab, that's alternative guys. Yeah. So, you know, it's a real like, uh, shift, but I feel like this whole situation is a good reminder that, um, yeah, there does need to be a lot of growth um, globally for public health. I think we're clearly really struggling with some of that. Um, you know, one of the teachers that I had in my early 20s um, 
she's now passed away. Um, so rest in peace, Dr. Kiyama. Um, but she was a naturopathic doctor that I studied with in the U.S. And um, naturopaths in the U.S. are a little bit different. They go to full medical school and they're doctors, whereas in Australia, it's um, a bachelor's degree. So the training's a little bit different. And mm. she had a real focus. Um, her name's, yeah, Dr. Hoda Kiyama. And she had a focus on... Um, yeah, pandemics, these kind of exact situations and um, following the, the habits of them throughout history. And this was maybe 2009, I want to say. And she said to us in this class, like, yeah, there will be another um, Spanish influenza type flu. You know, it happened in 1918. Every hundred years or so, we typically can get really, really big um flus that can affect us all over the globe. So I think because I've had that in my consciousness for a really long time, um, this whole experience has not really been as like shocking or scary to me. Mm -hmm. um, with that said, you know, I'm from the US. I have um, friends that have gotten COVID-19 and been just fine, had like a regular horrible flu, but were fine. Other friends that got it and were hospitalized multiple times were very, very ill. Um, mm. And friends of friends that have um, died from COVID-19. So wow. I think you know, I talked to my American friends and they're like, it's so great what they're doing in Melbourne. Like they're really taking control. Like this is so good because over there it's run rampant in a different way. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I think, you know, there's lots of different, um, you know, indications that, you know, viruses are, um, you know, it's an opportunity for growth, like evolutionarily mm. they occur and sometimes they're emerging from the land from animals different things like that who knows if it's made in a lab you know we're, we're at that point where it's like anything is possible yeah um but really you know and um one of my astrologer friends you know there's astrological indications for some of these things as well it's like this mm. virus is an opportunity for growth and it is um not just something that's happening to us for no reason there's deeper indications and i think you know anything that is um divisive and kind of you know dividing us further into i'm pro the mask or i'm anti the mask or it's this or it's that you know that kind of duality is so old world patriarchal i'm right you're wrong i'm the expert you don't know yes and I think that is not needed. I think it's not helpful. I think it is perpetuating um, more of an energy that we just don't need on the earth anymore. Mm -hmm. You know, we really need to open up to like, there's more shades of gray. Viruses can mutate. Viruses are different in different environments, um, in different bodies, you know, in the U.S., it's run rampant, but also the population there is very unhealthy very over-medicated, um, you know, very overweight, you know, so it makes sense that that might affect that population differently. Mm. Um, so yeah, I think it's important to know that, you know, this is a part of being human. This is something that's always happened throughout the history of humanity. Um, there will always be really bad viruses going around. There will always be new diseases, things emerging um, that we've never seen before. And I think it's, you know, important to kind of balance um, the kind of viewpoints that we're taking in from media, from friends. You know, there's lots of really scary narratives out there right now. And I think it's just important to, you know, do all the things that feel right to you try to be respectful to other people try to be compassionate that for some people this is so unconsciously terrifying you know mm -hmm. global pandemic the world is ending wah that you know some people this is just their worst nightmare manifest into reality and they're really having a hard time coping with that and i'm really trying to encourage the people that i work with to um, you know, allow themselves to fall apart on the days when that feels appropriate mm. and to also allow themselves to 
rally their courage, you know, get onto your board, flower essence, like rally your courage within, be a beacon of light for those around you, be a source of healing, you know, do some research on your immune system. The government is not going to give you all those options, you know, Mm. I would love if there was, I know in China, there was more of um, a Chinese herbal medicine, um, traditional Chinese medicine focus that was being implemented and used by the government there because um, that's more integrated with their health system. So, you know, I think aside from them, I haven't heard of much research or um, anything going into using um, herbs or um, isolated extracts from plants to, um, you know, research with this virus. But that also doesn't surprise me because mm-hmm. this is how this is how our health system works. They are trained to see these things happen and run to create a vaccine, rush to just, you know, this one kind of protocol of treatment. And I agree with that in some ways and I don't agree with it in other ways. And um, yeah, yeah. Mm. Well, thank you for sharing your perspective. It was, yeah, very insightful and I really resonate with with everything you just shared. I think oh, for good. sure, yeah, I think for sure this time is, um, yeah, definitely. Did, however, however you're looking at it, whether you're on one end of the scale where it is your worst nightmare manifesting into reality or if, um, you know, you're actually totally fine with it and your life just kind of carries on as normal, wherever you kind of fit in the spectrum. I do also really believe and feel that it is just such a huge time for growth and expansion for the collective consciousness of humanity. Um, Yeah. And I think it's just... 100%. 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of... It's a year. It's, it's, it's an initiation. It's power packed. You know, yes. I, I know you are doing astrology stuff as well. It's like, it's big. This is not, this is not a light situation. It's, it's a big, big deal. Yeah. Initiation for sure. And I think a big part of it as well is it is helping us shift into, um, yeah, seeing what isn't working in our in our culture, seeing what isn't working in our in the way that we connect with the land, seeing what isn't working in our society. And I love what you shared around like Western medicine and you know looking at herbal medicine and and kind of speaking it speaking to it as an alternative medicine. And it is you're so right, completely the other way around. And I think maybe this time is helping us um shift some of those perspectives and you know maybe looking at western medicine and saying hey well that's actually the alternative medicine and i actually need to strengthen my connection back to the land back to the earth how can i you know start working with plants and flowers and herbs and and community and how can i strengthen my connection to myself and my spirit and those around me um because yeah obviously the way that things have been have been going have been quite destructive in the past so I think it is kind of an opportunity for everything to flip on its head in a really, um, in a way that will bring us a positive outcome, but it's, it's pretty turbulent and wavy in the process of that flip. Yeah, for sure. It's pretty turbulent. It's pretty wavy. There's lots of shadows and you're like in a cellar with, you know, the the darkest shit of humanity and you're like, ah, it's very kind of underworld. It's, it's, it's intense. And I, I think, you know, if someone's listening to this and they're just like so overwhelmed and, you know, just really in, in the darkest um, place, it's, it's just important to remember that, you know, as humans, we grow from pain and that mm-hmm. sucks. That's a really confusing part of being embodied. Like we grow and we learn so much through those huge heartbreaks, those griefs in life, um, you know, those really difficult, painful places. Like, Mm. you know, personally, I'm sure we can all look back and think of a time when you were in so much pain, but now you look back and you see what you learned, you see how you grew, you see how you evolved. And, you know, that applies to us individually and it applies to us collectively too. And I think we're at that point in the collective where, you know, so much has been unearthed in the past few years with, you know, me too, different patriarchal power structures breaking down in government and, you know, looking at um, in this situation, like how, how is 
our medical system serving us? Like, how can we, um, you know, how could this be improved? And, you know, it's like in the collective, there's a lot of shadows and underworld and things being dug up. And um, yeah, I think when we do that work internally and, you know, acknowledge it and really just feel it um you know mm-hmm. now's a great time to like get a great therapist guys we mm-hmm. all deserve one i encourage everyone like it's a great time to be like okay i've got more space i'm in my home i'm confronted i'm gonna do some processing and mm. i think that does have a ripple effect out to the collective and i think that's um yeah the, a strong invitation for um for 2020 <laughs> Yeah, 100%. I think, yeah, that's something that I've felt very strong about over over the past few years is, you know, there's been times when I've been super overwhelmed with the state of the world and sort of looked at collective humanity and been like, oh God, like we're so doomed. <laughs> and I've gotten, quite, <laughs> I've gotten quite cynical about it. And yeah. I was kind of in that space for a while, but really, um, over the past couple of years have definitely dropped into a lot more of an embodied and empowered place within myself and understanding that, you know, I begin by, by the work that I do on myself. And if we can all, if we can all do that, if we can all strengthen that connection to ourselves and begin there, then that's going to have that, like you said, have that ripple out effect into the collective. Um, so yeah, I think yeah, it's yeah, it's a good place to start. Which is why yeah. I think the work that you do is 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 so powerful and so beautiful. Oh, thank you. Yeah, thank you so much. I really appreciate that and it's um yeah, it's an interesting time to be doing this work and um providing that kind of support for people um during this time. So, yeah, it's it's an honor and a journey and yeah, one I don't take lightly. It's it's a big deal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I think you're doing amazing stuff and you're doing an incredible job at it whilst also looking after thank yourself, you. which is, yeah, can be a bit of a balancing act sometimes. Yeah, thank you. And I, I don't I don't want anyone to like listen to this and think I'm like, perfect, I got all figured out. Like, y'all, I'm messy, I'm crying. Like, it's, Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. You know, I'm I'm like just as human and filled with, karma and traumas is the next person um you know like no one is untouched and unscathed and you know perfect in this life um but yeah i hope i can like be an inspiration like i've had really painful really difficult um times in my life like my upbringing was not all rosy and you know i've just worked through it you work through it you reclaim your life your energy your path for yourself and um yeah, there's always the possibility for change. You know, if you're still alive, the heart's still ticking, there's always a possibility for change. And I believe that for humanity as well. I think the way we think of this world is so linear and really earth is so much more magical than our minds can even conceive most mm-hmm. of the time, in my opinion. So I'm open to, to the magic and um, yeah, excited to see where humanity goes 2021 (laughs) Mm, yeah me too beautifully put and beautifully said um oh well it's been such a pleasure and a joy talking to you caitlin um i thought it would be a good place just to end i know you've been um running some online workshops and classes um called introduction to herbal medicine So I was wondering if you could just tell us a little bit more about this um, online offering for those of us who might be interested to learn a little bit more. Sure. So, yeah, I run it kind of every few months. Um, It's a four-week online course, and it's basically the introduction to herbal medicine course that I wish I would have gotten when I um, was beginning on this path. So um, it's a lot of focus on kind of energetics and connecting with um, the energetic qualities of the plants and Um, connecting as well with your ancestral um, lineage of herbal Mm. medicine because 
no matter who you are, where you come from, we all have an ancestral lineage um, that was using plants to live and thrive and survive for many thousands of years. So um, it's a real like encouragement for people to um, firstly kind of connect to their own lineage as they begin um, the journey of herbal medicine. So um, yeah, it's running in September. So probably by the time people hear this, um, I'll probably run it again in a few months, maybe, maybe November, maybe next year, something like that. And um, mm. I also do like one-off um, kind of two-hour classes, usually on like the menstrual cycle, immunity, um, things like that, kind of whatever I, I feel like teaching on or whatever people um, are kind of asking for. So yeah, I, I love, I love to teach. It's a lot of fun. Mm, yeah beautiful and if people are people are interested in in looking into that um, introduction to herbal medicine course or if people just want to connect with your work in general or get in touch with you or just find out a little bit more about you and your journey and the work that you do how can how can people find you and connect with you so I'm pretty active on Instagram and probably I'm not super techie. So like Instagram works for me because I'm like a tech grandma. So probably most <laughs> updates and things happen on there. So um, it's just at florastoneapothecary.com or at, you know, whatever it is, the handle thing on Instagram. And then mm -hmm. my website is florastoneapothecary.com. So um, yeah, other things kind of through the website or Instagram, kind of those um, two channels. Beautiful. Well, I highly recommend to anybody listening to go and check out Caitlin's work. It's um, it's really incredible. It's very empowering, and yeah, she does she does so much. Um, yeah, I recommend to anyone listening to to go and check it out. Um, but yeah, I think this is a good place to end. And it's been, yeah, such a joy talking to you, Caitlin. Thank you so, 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 so much for being here. I definitely um, got a lot out of this conversation and I'm pretty intrigued and curious to um, look into your, your herbal medicine course. I think I might have to, to join the next one. That sounds good. Yeah. Thank you so much for um, giving me the opportunity to speak. It's always lovely to have these kind of juicy conversations. Yeah. I appreciate all the good questions. <laughs> it's been really, really fun to chat. Thanks. Oh, absolute pleasure. I'm glad you enjoyed the questions. I, I definitely enjoyed flowing in conversation with you. Beautiful. Beautiful. Thank you. Pleasure. Thank you. All right. Well, that concludes episode seven. Thank you all so much for tuning in. Your presence here is so deeply felt and appreciated. And as always, I really hope you gained some insight and some inspiration from tuning in today. Don't forget that we do have a 30 minute bonus part of this podcast, um, which is now available for the members of my online community on Patreon. So if you're feeling like you want to dive a little bit deeper into this conversation and find out from Caitlin some more practical tools and advice on how we can begin to work more closely with the plants in our garden and the herbs in our kitchen, then please join us. She also speaks about some great herbs we can take for boosting the immune system and the nervous system and also some great and easy growing herbs to plant in your garden to get you started on this journey. And the link for that is in the show notes below or head to patreon.com forward slash Yosha Layton. You can also find all the links to connect with Caitlin and her work in the show notes as well. And yeah, if you did enjoy this episode, my loves, and think it'd be beneficial to anyone you know, please share and pass it along. And if you do use Instagram, you know I always love it when you share the podcast episode and tag me in your stories. It always lights me up seeing how you all listen and connect and what you resonate with. Sending you all so much love. Until next time, take care. <laughs>